What's happening all my dysfunctional family and friends out there listening? Today we're gonna have some fun. I'm sitting down with Michael Retushin and I'm gonna be getting to know him a little bit. Seems like he knows everyone in my circle, but I don't have any idea about who this man is. Originally from Youngstown, he's been playing music all over the country from LA to Brooklyn and currently Athens is where he calls home and he has definitely been adding life into the soul of Athens. I'm gonna find out who this guy is, we'll listen and talk about a few of his tunes and he's got some songs to play live at the end. So come on, let's sit back, let's relax, let's get it in. It's View From The Hill. I'm on my way.
What's happening, guys? We're back. We're back. Welcome, View from the Hill. It's www.viewfromthehill.com. I'm sitting here with Michael Retushin. It's Retushin, right? Yes. All right, man. How you doing? Not too bad. Brought some awesome beers here. This was a beer for Sharon. He said, "What kind of beer is this again?" Jackie O's Cherry Man, in honor of Jonathan Holmberg. John, the most steady man. and unsteady the man I've ever met. The man. Yeah. Awesome, dude. So we just got done uh, listening to Smile. Uh, Smile, that was one of the songs that I found on your SoundCloud. You're showing me a different, a uh, bunch of different songs. Uh, tell me a little bit about that song, man. Who who were you, uh, were you recording with anyone? Was that solo? That is uh, Cranberry Sauce. That's 2.0. Right on. Yeah, we did that in Athens for quite a while. I think, I think that was about uh, two years only, but we played a shit ton of shows and eventually moved to LA in pieces. And that song was written, and uh, we lived in a house my girlfriend at the time, who was not particularly keen on us practicing so late in the evening, which we did all the time, and uh, she always come home from work all pissed off, and we were jamming <laughs> in the key of whatever key the song is, and I just said, oh, you look so pretty when you smile, and started singing it. You know? There it is. Next then, song. Yeah, next song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Smart ass, you know? Awesome. She's like, you never write songs about me. <laughs> it's cool, man. I was listening to those because I was, you know, the other day I was sitting around thinking, and, and you know, like I kind of advertised the show as, and it was in the... In a little intro, you maybe heard about that. I don't know you. I, I know you, but I don't know. You know, it's like everyone. You came into town, um, I don't know when it was, about a year ago yeah. or so. Just and, a bit. Uh, you know, just in that Facebook world that we live in, I saw everyone from from everyone. Mike Copeland, I think, was the first guy. And then I saw Josh Brown, you know, commenting on some stuff with you. And then I even saw, you know, I got, uh, I got high school friends like Hillary Shaw. Oh, yeah. I was like, how the heck does she know Blake and Hillary? Like, he knows everyone. They are super, super gosh darn fucking neat people. I really really like that. I went to school with Hillary. Uh, She was, it was weird, you know, view from the hill. So I like to go by hill for anyone out there listening to. My name's Hillary, though. And so it was yeah. pretty interesting. Are you thing. gonna? Are you voting Hillary? I am this not year. voting Hillary. Okay. Are no, you sure? Hillary will not be getting my vote this year. I did love her tribute to uh, David Bowie at the Grammys, though. She did it really fine. <laughs> it did kind of look like Hillary Clinton sort in an of Elvis costume. Right. It was so confusing. <laughs> That's true. You know, I will say though, you know, uh, you know, to digress a little bit, if she makes it to the to the to the main election, though, you know, if she's in, if it's like oh, her man. versus Trump, well, I'll be voting for her then, definitely. I'm gonna vote Cruz. I'm I'm pretty certain I'm gonna vote Ted Cruz. <laughs> you know, well, that's because our rights come from the Bible and not from the Constitution. Yeah, the Bible first. Right. You know, Bible I'm, first, Constitution. I'm, I'm, I'm a second. Catholic person. I'm a Catholic person. <laughs> I, I grew up Catholic. Oh man, well, we're getting away a little bit. So, like I'm saying, man, you 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 knew everyone that I knew, but I didn't know who the hell you are. And still to this point, <laughs> I don't know who I, I am. I, I, I still, I don't kind of, you know, we've met, we've seen, I've seen you play a few times. Um, saw you oh, up sorry at, about the, that. at the Halloween. It was awesome, man. I loved it. Everything, <laughs> but still, you know, haven't really, haven't really known you much. So where, where are you originally from? Are you from Athens area or? I'm from Youngstown area. Okay. Boardman suburb okay. Um, of Youngstown, greater area. I uh, grew up there. Spent a lot of time uh, in the city. Of my, our, our 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 family was essentially half Italian, half white trash. Up in you Youngstown, yeah. though, that's kind of uh, my mother's around from the Youngstown Warren area. All right, and yeah. uh, she's kind of the same thing. I, I hear there's uh you know not not to get into the stereotypes or anything. I hear it's Italian mob up there though. Oh yeah, there's there's some Italians there, Italians as we call them down here in South. The, the Italians. Italians, that's southern <laughs> Ohio. Yeah, yeah, you know. 
That's uh cool. The, so went went to high school around that area and, and yeah, okay. we know you know Youngstown being seven hours from Chicago, seven hours from New York. Seven it's a perfect place me. to dump all your problems <laughs> and have gambling meetings and all that shit. So they say. And so did you, were you playing music already around that time when you were in Youngstown? I didn't pick up a guitar until I was 17. We, we grew up taking piano lessons, which okay. I fought because at one point it kind of seemed like it was punishment. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, when I get in trouble, I would have to, have to play piano. So in my mind, it became like into punishment and then vice versa, I had to shoot, I had to shoot uh, hoops. I had to shoot around the clock, around the world, I think it is called. Around actually, the world, right. When I got in trouble. So then I decided I, I fucking hated basketball because of it, you know? Like, And I like basketball. I like playing basketball and piano. Like, imagine if I could play piano, how cool that would be, man. Ugh. I just I can't figure out a piano, though. I just started learning. I just started taking lessons nice. and trying to get that piano down. But I did two it songs. Was the, it was the same thing. It was like, I, I hear you, though. Like, I mean, you're forced to to play it i was done the same thing i was offered to play it i think i was different you know because i wasn't forced to play it so it wasn't used as a punishment but it was more like i was offered to play it and i was still at that point where i was like eh, it's not cool yeah the piano's not cool it's seemingly uncool it's so Especially uncool. if it's an electric piano you seem kind of when you're 10 years okay. old it's probably the uncoolest thing ever <laughs> it might be so but man fucking piano is so cool I my know. mom played piano so really cool. well so cool yeah she'd mom. always play we had two pianos we had a player piano in the house that was old, and you put these reels on, and you could push the pedals to play, and the, and the piano would just play the song for you, and scroll through. You could see all the notes and all the keys would move, you know. Mm -hmm. And my brother and I, older brother, would always fight over everything. And uh, there's a chip out of that piano, one of the keyboards, for me biting it because I got so pissed at my brother for uh, not letting me uh, step up and pump the pedals. But I bit the fucking key, and there's still a chip on that piano to this day. I think that's ivory, but I'm like, you know, shit. I kept pretty good care of my teeth. And yeah. I could I could bite through ivory if I want to. Yeah, I'm kicking myself in the ass too for not not taking my parents. You know, yes, please, parents, pay for my piano lessons. I wish. You know, if I was a piano player now, you know, I don't want to say you know play, It'd be Corey master, Henry, but even if I was a player, you know, just a player, yeah, it'd be awesome. Man. Look out, Corey Henry, man. Liz Deany was my teacher's name. I don't I can't forget her name. Liz D can't Liz even Deany. forget her name. Yeah, probably haven't seen her for what twenty years. Oh my god. Let's not go that deep. Back, you know? <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll stay keep away numbers from that. We'll, we'll stay away from that. We'll go forward instead of going backward. That's the 50s a good idea. were a great point in time <laughs> to be a kid. So then, um, what happened? Did you did you just decide to go to school um, down at OU or something like that and move pretty much right out of high school down here? Or how'd that go? My brother went to school here. Okay. So my first taste of Athens was visiting him when I had braces. And I'm all like, you know, we grew up with the woods in our backyard. So coming here to visit him, was getting out of the car was kind of like stepping into this magical world in the woods that we had discovered. Because, mm -hmm. you know, if anything in the 80s movies taught you is that within your own house or backyard, there's a whole, like, magic world there. So Extremely we, magical. And we were, we were running around in the woods looking for <laughs> shit all the time. So when he came here, it kind of felt like that was the place that mm -hmm. was in the woods, you know? And I remember he took me to the Nickelodeon, and I'm, like, smoking cigarettes, and I got braces, and I'm drinking <sighs> Pete's Wicked Ale or, like, Corona with lime, and I'm, like, talking to this girl, thinking I'm all cool, and I'm, like, you know, we go to the fucking burrito buggy afterwards, and I'm, like, I'm definitely interested in Athens, you know? <laughs> so this, you know, this may not be the polite thing to do, but I guess I'm not really too polite of a guy. It's not normal to say, how old are you? Uh, 22. I'm 22 and shit. You're 22. You look yeah. 22. Thank you. <laughs> I feel 22. <laughs> you especially physically. But you're, you're a, I think you're, you are a few years older than I think me, I think. High school class of 98. Hi, class of 98? Yep. Right on. I was class of 01. So, yeah, right, you're yeah. you're a few few older than me. So By, like, at least one or two. Just a couple. By my math. Snyder, <laughs> so, you moved down here 
then what in like nine in 98 99 99 i did one year at ysu okay youngstown state right. then i came here i spent a year in the dorms yeah it was a uh, i was i knew i was going to be here my grades were significantly better at ysu because i knew i was coming here but i, I caught it pretty fast like we went yeah. to catholic school kind of the same analogy i went to catholic school or i get whatever comparison i guess you want to call it my grades were really good in catholic school then mm -hmm. i went to public school and i caught up really fast you gotcha. know i was about two years advanced it felt like and then I caught up to be just below average, <laughs> you know. Same with here, but I, 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 I think I maintain a good steady it's a good, wave in the sea. It's a good learning curve. The curve goes down, but yeah, it's a it good does, learning it does curve. <laughs> treading, we were always really good swimmers too, so treading water. Is, treading water, you're good at that, huh? Yeah. yeah. I'm not uh, sure how long it lasts now. What were, you, what were you going to school for here? Was it anything or was it just general at the time? Uh, painting and graphic design. Painting and graphic design, awesome. Graphic design because I knew that's like a field... That was blowing up. Mm -hmm. You could make money in it, except I wasn't very good at it, and my teachers hated me because I'm a, I'm a filthy painter. Had you already been painting at that time? Like, were you already pretty big into your painting thing by that time, and you kind of knew knew that, or was it like just a few years you had been into it? You know, had had you been doing that for a long, long time? Is it one of those like, hey, I I picked up a brush when I was two, and I knew I wanted to paint? Was it one of those? I was always the best from the beginning. Huh? I was always the best from the beginning at painting. <laughs> no, no. no we, we, I, we always drew drawing. Uh, my mom and dad were like really supportive of our creative endeavors, knowing that we're ultimate weirdos and they can't stop us from doing that. Mm -hmm. So we kept, we, I drew a lot and painted a lot growing up and played music a lot growing up, you know, because I was always encouraged. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess I didn't really do much oil painting until high school. My teacher gave me a set of paints my junior year, I believe, or sophomore year. It's hard to remember. <laughs> Those days, especially. Right. We're, we're just trying not to just go just too much old. back there. Just but. because I'm old. Right. Uh, well, 22 but, is not that old. Yeah, 22. I mean, I'm 22 and shit, you know? I'm like, I fucking know things. <laughs> I know stuff, you know? I know cool. Everything. So, so to, when you got here um, to OU, is that kind of when you opened up to like, okay, I want to start making music not as punishment anymore i want to have some fun now right is well, that, punishment is that, to others because right. they, they had to hear they it. had to hear you yeah. but but you know it used to be your punishment you'd, you'd get in trouble you'd have to go play piano so mm -hmm. you didn't like that so around when you came to ou and kind of saw maybe the the scene around here in ou is that kind of you're like okay maybe it's not just a not just used for punishment maybe you can have some fun while you're while you're making music well, you know as a child of the 80s you watched all those videos and like you just wanted to be a fucking rock star you know, um, but we music was always prevalent in everything. You know, it was always the oldest channel, all that old soul and rock and roll music, you know, always. And uh, I learned to play guitar when I was 17, or I tried to learn. My my neighbor was my brother's, one of his best friends, Jason Mowry, always had his own way of doing things where he seemed like he was playing bass and lead and guitar at the same time. All it was really time. cool and jambled. It was like our neighborhood style of weirdness, you know? Mm -hmm. So I learned from him. And the first thing I learned was Ripple by The Grateful Dead. So I just bought like a Grateful Dead book, a Jim Croce book, a James Taylor book, a Bob Marley book, and just dove in it. Yeah, and it had, it had uh, the tabs were basically I couldn't read music, so I, didn't, I just didn't understand it, and mm -hmm. and I kind of forced it out. But you, the, all the little chord structures are there for the key changes, so I kind of just learned through Jason from that. You know, uh -huh. I wasn't good for quite a while. I quit for like a year because I just couldn't handle it. <laughs> when I got here, I was like, I, I really started to get into it more. Right on, and yeah, dorms. did you did you join like did you join or start a band pretty soon off like when you were first? Well, I remember when I got to the dorms. You know when you're having like those meetings with like, the whole floor, mm -hmm. and they're kind of shuffling you through the routines and telling you what you could do, what you can't do. And you, you're always looking for the weirdo, 
uh, who you, you relate to. And there's about four of us, five of us. <laughs> and we were like very clearly there for the same reason. <laughs> and I remember seeing the one guy loading in his drums. I'm like, I'm going to get to know that guy. I know for a fact, Nick Flandro, supreme fucking weirdo. Awesome dude. Kind of. Yes, he's a, he's, a, he's a good dude. But I remember seeing him and like Joe Gardner and Luke McIntosh. I, we kind of all stayed afterwards to ask if we could play music mm -hmm. in that room. And then we just started playing music in that room. Yeah. Awesome. We never really quite had a name for it, but it kind of like fluid ego was the one word that kind of, the one fluid name. Fluid ego. Yeah, that kind of I came like up. That. We had like five jams. And we did like Swindlefish open stages. All right. And I was like, yo, we got to start fucking practicing, man, because I want to play the same five songs. We have a real show. Because the people <laughs> that have been seeing us for the last year are going to be like, great, the same five songs. And then I think we met this dude, Nick, and he kind of was a Jedi on the guitar. And they're just like, yeah, they just didn't call me the next time. We did open <laughs> stage, you know? <laughs> so even back then, you know, I kind of want to talk about it. What was, you know, what did you feel like the, the, the Athens music scene back then was? You know, that was 99, 2000. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how could you compare it to how it is now? Was it, was it, did it seem dirtier? Was it more out in the open? Um, you know, because right now I, I feel like Athens has a music scene and it's kind of, known for music scene we might be yeah. light a couple venues right now yeah um but it's usually um it's a music place and it's kind of known for that was it sort of the same even you know more than a decade ago it's the feel is the same you know i remember when i came to visit when i was in seventh grade i remember we were seeing the band called i believe kid charlemagne at night court in the basement and hot box lunch at the casa when it was like the box right the little casa. you know yeah when i first got here there was like six venues that were seemingly crowded like all the time. Mm -hmm. But you had a lot of lot more like out-of-town touring bands playing because mm -hmm. you had a little more room. I mean, the local scene now is sweet. There's a ton of like really fucking awesome bands and like a ton of local talent. And there's some youngsters that are like 22, for real, that are like... There always is. I mean, there's always I could imagine being that good when I was 22, like where I would be now. I haven't done shit, you know? But if I was, that, if I was as good as them, they're, for a lot of reasons, better than I am, than, than I am now. Where they are now, like they have so much potential, and it's fucking cool to see. I sometimes don't like to see it though. I sometimes like, uh, I get yeah. that like hater in me, just like, oh, you son <laughs> of a bitch. And, I mean, you know, you're only going to be as good as the people around you. Uh, absolutely. So if you're being pushed, you know, that's the key. If you're being pushed by other people, then you're going to step up your game a bit, you know. Absolutely. But I love seeing these kids play, and like one of those guys I'm talking about is Matt Vinson, the wonderful. He's playing with us tomorrow, uh, tap room. And I just I, I Sunday love Sunday Fun Day. Sunday Fun Day. Yeah, I, I love. The first one we did, he played acoustically, and I was going to full band. But his songs are really sweet. I'm like, a little bit envious, but like, you know, in a very positive way. I'm like, these kids are really good. We got Pizza Dale out here. He's uh, he's yelling about Swindlefish. The fuck yeah, the Swindlefish, man. The Swindlefish. Yeah, hell yeah. It was great. They had his records plastered to the wall. We did open stages there. I remember, and I didn't see them, but Galactic played there. Victor Wooten played there. So you had a lot more outside injection coming in from out of town. Right. At one point, the Black Keys, the yeah, White Stripes yeah. played the Union. Uh-huh. Fish played the fucking dugout, which was later than Mama Einstein's. I, I think I just recently heard about that. I didn't even yeah. know about that. I knew un the Union's always been kind of a yeah. a bigger than anyone's actually known, really, kind of venue where some big names have come through throughout the years. It's Scott almost, knows how to find the weirdos. Yeah, you know? well, it's almost, it seems like it's a stop, like right before you make it, Yeah, you go to the Union. Mm-hmm. And then boom, you know, suddenly, suddenly they, they blow up. And Scott is, he's a great. Oh, he's ridiculous. Oh, I love that guy. Love that guy. He's done some really awesome stuff. People are that calm and like collective and like sweet. I, I like they make me uncomfortable and I, I feel like I'm, I make them uncomfortable because I'm always like gushing information at people, you know? <laughs> and he's like so quiet. I'm like, him and Coleman, Eric Coleman too. I'm just like, I feel like I'm blathering. I, I'm always blathering. Yes, I know that. But <laughs> especially when people like that who are super calm and like collective, that's like, 
It's almost like you can't, you want to do it twice as much. Well, the problem is every time I used to be in the union and I, when I'd usually talk to those guys, that's when I was at my most blathering point too. You know, I'm, by the time I'm at the union or coming, yeah, I'm ready to talk. And that dance floor too is pitch black. See, dance floor should be pitch black. Your people should feel like they could be weirdos and embarrass themselves. You know? okay. With absolute comfort. I, I always dance the most in that joint just because it's, it's dark in there and like dance or die, you know. I'm excited for that place to come back, man. I yeah, as well as I, I mean, it's going to be a totally new place, but I'm excited for it. I, Me you know, too. Very excited. I know guys are putting like a lot of effort and energy and, of course, money into like rebuilding that stage to be like set up right for the musicians. You know, right. it's right. pretty impressive. I'm I, I'm excited about that. Man. I'm it's really be, it's sweet. But you're kind of a, you're a Jackie O's guy a little bit, right? Yeah, I'm a Jackie. O's. Well, I, all my shows I play were pretty much a Who these days. That was our home Hoolies, base. That's right. We're kind of part of like the jam band, like hippie kid thing. Even though I didn't quite see myself as a jam band hippie kid, you know, like I love fish. So if you like fish and you're a white guy with long hair and you're nice, <laughs> nice, uh, people all assume you're a hippie and you like jam bands. Like, not, not, not the case. I mean, right. I don't really consider fish a jam band, but I, I get, I understand where they come from. I'm using right. subjective thinking to put no, myself I outside of that. But um, yeah, so Hoolies was the right, you know, that's where all the, all the hippies hung out, you know? Definitely. I and mean, Peach, still, Peach still kind of. Peach Melba was a band I looked up to. My buddy Jimmy Cricket, I always see him on the on the corner handing out flyers, hustling, you know, mm-hmm. like New York style, like handing out CDs, you know, and shit. So I I'd go there and help him hand out flyers. And, I, and then when I had my band, I just I was on the corner handing out flyers. You yeah, know, I love that grassroots shit, you know. Right on, man. Right on. So, um, would you say that that's kind of like your favorite venue to play, both then and now, Jackios? Um, it's hard to say. The Union, I only played it like two or three times. And I loved it because it was so dark and fucking dirty and filthy. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, there's like years and years of sweat and blood and piss. Oh, you totally. Know? And, and it's that, why and I sin, love the Union. That's like why I like it. You know, it felt like to me one of those kind of places. You know, you've been in Brooklyn and, and I was yeah. down in a couple places in Miami uh, when we were on tour. And one of those places where you're, you know, like, of course, Athens isn't a city, but you got those places in the city that's like this big city, but then you see this tiny, small little door, and you walk into it, and it's this grungy, grimy, just like <laughs> club, you know, that's awesome, and that's what it felt like to yeah. me always. You it know? felt like, like a rock and roll club, definitely. Exactly. It, it, it felt like it could really have been in the felt, East Village. Right. You know? It felt like a real rock and roll club, and I love that place, and it had the mentality of it, I mean, too, like, I mean, it just had the feeling of that when you walked in, you know, and it was- And the smell of it, too. Oh, it's great. Once again, can't wait for that place to be back. You know, Jack Yo's is fucking insane. I love him so much. You know, but no matter what you do, that bathroom is always going to smell like the Holy's bathroom. I love it. I love you guys, but there's no that that is always going to be the Holy's bathroom, no matter what you do. You could probably just c- cover that in cement and build a new t- bathroom, but it's going to know and it's going <laughs> to smell like the Holy's bathroom. <laughs> so, um. You did most of your playing on a Hoolies, which, you know, some of our people listening out there, they might not even know, a Hoolies basically is... The brew pub. The brew side of Jackio's, right? Yeah. And uh, and so that's probably, you know, back in the day, that's where most of your, your shows were at then, where yeah. you're saying, is on that yeah. small side. Have you, sp- have you played back at the small side since it's been separated and has the, you know, the, the public house and the brewery side? Have you played on that brewery side again? I think we did. I think, you know what? We did. We came in as cranberry sauce. Mm-hmm. We did a show with the band called The Zoo at a Youngstown. Good at a Youngstown. I played with them you know, at Vexfest. No fucking Well, man, I didn't play with Sabar. them. Colin but... and, and Marab? Yeah, I know. I think I know, I know Colin. Um, Colin, yeah. Yeah, you met him. I've known since I was in sixth grade. I dated this girl, Rachel. She's a ballerina. 
and Khaled was also a performer. I think, I think they were in Joseph at the time. And he was just like the same person he is now. Ridiculous. Yeah, okay, that's cool. I didn't know the zoo uh, were down here. Well, they came to it came to well, yeah, they came to LA. We did a show out together called a place called Trip. Right on. Yeah, and I was like, they wanted to come to Athens. Like, let's do this together. Right on. And it was not a good show by us. <laughs> you know, I was like, I, I I need to be on the same side of the stage. I can't hear on my left ear, or I can't process information. And I was on the far right side. The drummer was on the far left side. Mm. It just didn't make any sense. And it was a really awful show. For like our, our, our like our like Athens <laughs> triumphant Athens return. You know, <laughs> the triumphant. Oh my god! But welcome was, back. Welcome back. Here's another <laughs> shitty show by Cranberry Sauce and some bad vocals by Rotation. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Uh, did you come to that uh, that that Doc City D Jones dysfunctional show? So put my liver back together from that show. That, that was, was a good one, right? Show, so man. D Jones, he's from Youngstown too. Yeah. And he's the guy who uh, introduced me to the uh, to the zoo guys. He, nice. He's done quite a bit of like hip hop stuff with those zoo guys. Too, yeah, I, I remember that man. They had some pretty slick tracks. I remember that was floating around. It was that was really so awesome. It was that was really the awesome. MySpace days. I yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. The MySpace days. <laughs> Vexfest was fun though. It was one of those things where you know they had they had the two well they had one stage I think one main stage outside and then it was like six bars. In I believe town that's still happening, like that. correct? I think so. Every year, I think it happens in August. I think we played like two a few years ago, two of them. But I I don't know. But let's get back to that question about the music scene though. Man. The ja the Jackios, you know, is Jackios kind of your your favorite place to play? Have you played? You know, I I've only played one show at the Jackios actually. At the new Jackie O's. Yeah. yeah. In, in the public, the public, house, public outside. Yeah. I love that room, man. It's great. <clears throat> it's, it's, it's big. It's a rectangle. I love big rectangle rooms. Uh-huh. Nothing's better for a show than a big rectangle room. Exactly, yeah. We had a lot of fun there. We, I've only played once on that side. If you if you exclude a couple of really drunken um, open stage jams, would right. you bug? You we, we do. We, we exclude those. Those are... <laughs> Thank you. Some of them were great, though. I got the jam with fucking yeah. Nasty Nate Bread on upright bass and Jumbo playing drums and Catfish just playing guitar. Well, I was just playing acoustic. And that was so much fun. Because like playing with those guys was like it felt kind of like um, I don't want to say not like approval or like acceptance, but like you know. No, that's what I was gonna say. I think um, I think the open jams are the kind of places like where even in Athens, you know, you've you've got those you've got those players and you've got those guys in Athens where it's like I would love to play with those guys. Hell yeah! You know, they're kind of like the local legends of Athens. Yeah. You know, and the open jams is where that gets to happen. That's where those guys show up and finally you get to share a stage. You know and. I've done some weird stuff, hip hop style, getting up with some weird groups of people, creating some some rap music, man, up on open stages with some <laughs> nice wild groups. You never know, but but shapely though, I haven't gone to the open mic jams with Junebug very often because Mondays is like the one day I, I'm, I'm off several days in the week, but like for some reason Monday I'm always just like feeling like shit. I don't know why. Oh why? Well, why, well, I'll why take do you a, feel I'll, bad on the Monday? I'll take a – every day is the same day. Right. It, I mean, I can get just as hammered on a Monday. I learned <laughs> that in New York very easily. Mo days of the week don't mean anything. Really, it's all the know? weekend. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> but I, I need to go there more often. I know Chris Monday is doing his open stage at the Cider House, and I've been like, every week I'm like, I'm going this week. And then I'll sit on the couch, eat some food, and I'll fall asleep watching X-Files. And then I wake up, and I'm fucking lazy. So I need to go out there. I know Chris Monday is doing some cool shit at the Cider House. Open stages one day. I've heard that too. Yeah, it's looked pretty cool. I've seen some pictures. I mean, that place is awesome, but it's not as classy as the West End Tavern. <laughs> that you place know? had real class. It was so classy. Man, I like moved in uh, to an apartment right across the street. That's the convenient. The year that it closed. Oh, I was even more convenient. Yeah, it was. It was kind of nice. That's how we kind of felt. We were like, we were bummed at first, but then we were like, 
Eh, maybe that wouldn't have been such a good idea if we were living right across from there. There's other parts of town? <laughs> so I'm going to bring it up. You know, this might not be the best thing to bring up, but last I heard, and you know, I've been kind of busy and out of things, but I heard there might be a hiatus or a permanent closing, or I don't really know, but what's going on with the venue at the public house on Jackie O's? Do you know? I, honestly, I don't know. I, from what I gather... I, I don't want to put you in a bad position. I understand you work for Jackie yeah. too, so I'm not trying that's, to put you in a bad position. That's the golden question, and the golden question. Um, yeah, I mean, from what I hear, they they, they want to have a stage still. They mm -hmm. just don't know what to do with it yet, you know, because there's so much shit going on. I mean, and I, and I had. Are really, you allowed to say yet? Or are they trying to do that just like restaurant? Like this is a restaurant. I mean, they not. they want to focus on the restaurant idea because they're they're really good at making food too. Yeah, and oh, like, it's, you know, it's and bomb. It, um, but from what I gather. There's so much shit going on. They just that is like one facet of it mm -hmm. that they haven't had a chance to address yet. Right. From what I gather, I mean the expansion. If you haven't seen it, is fucking oh. insane. I haven't know? really even seen it. It's it's insane. Yeah. So every last inch of thinking is basically wrapped up in that. And not to mention re redoing the whole public house because their kitchen was completely shut down during that fire, which kind of screwed a lot well, things yeah, up. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But from what I gather, they're planning to have music there for sure. Good. Well, yeah, I yeah. hope so. I mean, that's one of the yeah, greatest venues. So, yeah, I, I heard there was a bunch of bullet, you know, people heard word of mouth stuff and it was like, oh, Jackie is no longer going to have music. And people Pindic, were Pindic freaking spreads. out. People will still freak out, yeah. but it's going to happen. You know, I, I personally freaked out when I first heard that to myself. Mm -hmm. and, I, and, you know, I mean, anybody who's passionate about music is always going to cry a bit when the, even the idea of a venue closing. Well, especially when it's kind of, you know, your quote unquote home. Yeah, right? you exactly. Know, like, yeah, I think you know. a lot of people feel that way. It's, it's their home, right? Because it's a it's an it's a place off the strip mm -hmm. of bro bars mm -hmm. and serocitude bars. Right, it's a different area. You, kind you of. walk through all that shit to get over to, to get the union to and the Jack bar Jones. you want to be at. I, 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 they're gonna have a stage, and they're gonna have music at Jackie's. It's just like it's it's part of it, you know. It's, got, it's just part of it. That's yeah. true. Well, with that being said. Uh, we've got some songs here that you did. Uh, I think they are live at Jackie O's. Oh, we yes, got, yes. We got a... 10-year anniversary party, nonetheless. The 10-year anniversary. It, so, was it the Jackie O's 10-year anniversary? Yeah, party? it was a 10-year anniversary. And D. Jones was in the house. Right on. I remember him walking in when we were playing. And Doc City played nice. directly after us. And when that, was this? This was December 5th, I believe, or nice. 6th. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, I can't remember too well. Uh... Fifth or sixth. I think I remember about that actually. I think D was trying to get me up there. I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. But I heard it was. It was a, a mess. <laughs> we had you had, had hell on Mike Dillon the night before. So if you were there, it's it was a tough one to rally up for. But there was a pretty uh, wild crowd. You know, it was pretty fun. So we're gonna listen to a couple of those tracks. Uh, we got a cover by the Wood Brothers. We got one mm -hmm. more day, and then uh, we got one of your originals, I believe, right? Red Dog. Red Dog, yes, yes. That's, that's personally one of my favorites. I love Me that too. one. That's I, I love that one. So we're gonna check out some live music from Michael Retusion. This is another thing. Are you going under any names while you're on stage? You know, while you're on stage, is it is it Michael Retusion? Is it is it? I've heard some Uncle Larry things. I've heard Larry Elefante. I've heard yeah. some Possum thing also. <laughs> there was Possum Aloysius Jenkins, which was my Facebook name for a while. Possum but I, I'm Aloysius. pretty sure you get that reference. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. But I started a band in New York called Uncle Larry with my buddy Eli. Uh -huh. uh, I love the name. It's just funny. It's just silly. It matches Uncle our Larry. sound pretty well. But I, I, I found a band on Spotify called Uncle Larry. <laughs> 
and that's you're not stepping on any toes. I just decided to go with Larry for the time being because you could recognize it. Larry? It could slide over. Larry Elefante was my original idea. So when me. you were playing at Jackio's, was this just Larry? Just Larry, but I guess the uncle was kind of parentheses because All right. we're so, not like selling albums and shit, so we could call it Uncle Larry if we want to. The uncle in parentheses, Larry. Elefante. This is Larry Elefante, Uncle Larry. I'm hanging out with Michael Retusian, www.viewfromthehill.com. We're going to listen to One More Day, covered by Wood Brothers, and we're going to listen to Red Dog. So here we go. Hope you guys are having fun.
What's happening? You listening to The View from the Hill. We're at www.viewfromthehill.com. I'm hanging out with Michael Retushin. We just got done listening to One More Day. It's a cover by the Wood Brothers that he does and Red Dog. That's my personal favorite. So, is that is that about your actual dog? Yes. Yes, yes. She's not my dog now, but she's always my dog. Okay. Maya. That's my dog. That's my dog. <laughs> yeah, Rescue uh, Rescue Pitbull, Venice Beach. Ginger, awesome. sweet little pit bull. She's so fucking sweet. What's that song about? Uh, the turmoils of owning a, what you have now, an, an adopted dog that uh-huh. had been abused, yep. you know, who has her demons to work through and her shadows to be afraid of, you know? That's a good one, man. I really dig Thank that you. song. And I, then... Uh, I really enjoy that song, too. It's fun. It's Big it's, Wood it's, Brothers fan? I love Wood Brothers. Uh, heard them on the radio and NPR when I was working at Patagucci. Patagonia, Santa Monica, shout out to TK Brown. Right. <laughs> but we were working there in the morning. That was the one album that like anyone that worked there could like kind of agree that we could all d- listen to because it was so good head mm-hmm. to toe until we just couldn't take it anymore because we played it like every so fucking day. Times. Right. You know, we, it was on NPR. I went on iTunes, bought the album, and then brought it in. Uh-huh. It was just so good. I mean, oh, I, haven't oh, heard, I haven't heard an album head to toe. That, that album that is really good. Ways Not to Lose. Oh yeah. my God, man. And that song too. What what better song to like? Uh, What's that? They they came out with another album that was all right, but it was like it, it loaded. It was the one that had the cover of "Buckets of Rain" by Bob Dylan on it. Oh shit! I, didn't, I don't know if I heard. That you haven't cover. heard that one? The cover no. Yeah, that's it's that's a good cover. But the rest of the songs that accompany with it, they weren't. You know, it's a hard follow, how do you follow, how do you follow that album? Right, I mean, they weren't on that album, and so I, I just didn't accept it as well. That cover was good. I love yeah. that cover because I have you heard the cover of "Pretty Young Thing." I, I think so. Really fucking cool. Yeah, okay. Really cool. Wood Brothers are just fantastic. Oh, man. they're great. And they're I, I met I met Oliver Woods at um, Medeski Martin and Wood. Um, they had a residency at the, at the uh, I think it was the Guggenheim. I can't remember. One, it was a, a museum in New York. And Oliver was hanging out while I was watching Billy Martin do his thing. And I was like, dude, you're Oliver Wood, right? He's like, yeah. <laughs> Talked to him for a second the best I could without try, trying to hold back the uh-huh. stammering because I stammer at people. Uh-huh, right. But he's just a super nice guy. I was just like, you appreciate well, so much. Well, a little fangirl mentality, too. He yeah, like, like, oh, my God. Uh... <gasps> you know? But I was like, yeah, I just want to tell you I appreciate the album so much because that album is so beautiful and it brought people who don't really get along musically. So I agree that's the one album they think is so great. Absolutely. You know? And it just, it's just, it's so perfectly soulful and beautiful. You know, how do you... Oh, yeah, totally, I would stop man. there. It, it's good, definitely, man. <laughs> so you were in... Um... 
Athens for a little while. You came down here to do to to, to you know you were an artist trying to get that that degree with your painting. <laughs> That, that's silly. We all we're all like we're artists. We're gonna get a degree in this. This is a really good idea. Yeah, fuck, and well, then, it's all a really bad idea. <laughs> how you look at it. And then uh, did you stick around in Athens? Then you moved out to you know once again. I don't know you too well, but was it L.A. that you went out to? Los Angeles, yes. Okay, so you were in you were in L.A. When did you move there exactly? I want to say it was two thousand five. Yeah, okay. towards the end of two thousand five. It was definitely winter. Um, I stayed. I finished school two thousand three. But I had a band. I had a job. Mm-hmm. I was eating for free and essentially drinking for free, and seeing so concerts for free. So why leave Athens, man? It was great. It was, it was and there was so much music to see all the time and venues and everything to visit. So moved to LA, middle of winter. It was great. Took a little while to get settled in. It's different, mm-hmm. you know. It function. It's a different function. So you yeah. were deep, deep into the music by then. So you're you're going yeah. into LA and you're you're deep into the music because you're saying you learned at seventeen, kind of yeah. got into it, you know, a I little know if bit. I call it deep. I was deep into what I thought. What I was doing was music, mm-hmm. you know. We, so, did, we did shows out there. People were like, "Yo, we have like even like a half hour set, forty five minute set." We're used to playing two hours at at, at Huli, so like Blue Gator. We're used to playing two hours, three hours. Right. We, you know, my songs are never meant to be jam songs, right. but they got stretched because you have twenty songs, twenty five songs. Playing two hours, you're going to stretch the fuck out of everything, you know. Mm-hmm. So we took that mentality. L.A. didn't really quite work. People are like, you know, we like the jams, you like the grooves. When a jam is too long, when you sing, it's not good. <laughs> You know, I took it to heart because I want—I truly want to get better. Absolutely. Don't tell me what you liked about it. Like, tear it apart. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I learned. In studying so you like paint. that? Yeah, studying painting in school, it's like no teacher's gonna tell you what you're doing is good. Mm-hmm. How do you get better? You're gonna think you're gonna think you're the shit if, if, if your teacher gives you when you were painting, right? Hell yeah. no. My daddy's an art teacher. Uh, he says in uh, one of his classes that he teaches for drawing. One of his favorite things to do is he he usually has a really long class, um, you know, about two hours long, you know, and uh, he has a he's a drawing class, and he tells them to take two hours. It's your first class. I want you to draw a self portrait, you know, and they, they all they all draw it. Take time, it's just trying to get it perfect and getting self portraits. With about a half an hour left, my dad tells him everything you've done is shit. Erase it. <laughs> you have a half an hour to do another one and he has them do another one real quick Perfect. yeah and they're all like what get out of here i don't want to do this i'm like, good at what i'm doing yeah, how dare you nope erase it how dare you teacher tell me that i'm not perfect do another one and a half hour but definitely okay so you were out there in la was more like you know we want those we want those songs with the hook we want the quick songs with the hook yeah we don't want the jam songs yeah, we want you to sing but when you're singing you suck. We don't like it. You're terrible. <laughs> it is true. I was I was terrible. I'm not great now. I'm a lot better, but I'm not. You know, I was really bad at singing back then. Mm-hmm. And also, it has to go back to do with confidence. You know, there wasn't much muscle memory. You know. Well, that's good. You had the uh, at least ability to to, to self examine. Yeah. Your your stuff. I mean, when you're when you're the, the child of an Italian mother, you're constantly reflecting in. <laughs> you know, how can I be better? How can I be, how, how can I get better? How can it be better, you know? So did you move out to L.A. from Athens with people, or were I, you by yourself? You know, funny you ask it that way. I kind of was by myself, but I did. I left here with a girl. Okay. You know, we live, move out there together. Uh-huh. Big, I should have known when I got to her house to pick her up, her parents' house, she hadn't packed yet. <laughs> I spent a week going through my shit. A week, I had a day on music stuff. I had a day on clothing. I had a day on... Um, Painting supplies, you know? Yeah, was that the clue that should have let you in there? That, she there were even... so many red flags, man. <laughs> you know what? Green eyes and a big butt. 
I'm right. fucking stuck. You know what I mean? There's there's nothing I could do about it. Right. Nothing I could do about it. So but we didn't out there together yet. And it was it was fun. The first two years was fucking great. Were you, know? you playing music with her? No, I was playing. I was gonna go out there and just start some shit with Jimmy Cricket. Uh, okay. Played, so he was already out there. He was already out there. Yeah, he mm-hmm. kind of encouraged me to go. Um, so we did. We started playing tunes with him and my buddy Drew Dyer, the bassist in Cranberry Sauce, who eventually moved out there. Next step, you know. And then Luke eventually came out there. Luke McIntosh, who was the original drummer of Cranberry Sauce, mm-hmm. he came out there. So we just reformed. Right, which is really, it really felt really fucking cool to have like your hometown crew, from Midwest you know, to the West, and you got all yeah. your boys out there. We could Not- represent Athens. You mm-hmm. could represent Ohio. We could do our thing. We could totally. Get, you know? And were you going by cranberry sauce out there? Absolutely, yeah, cranberry sauce. Awesome. The sound definitely merged. You could tell it was different. Smile came from that, you know, from that era, and that was much cleaner. You could tell that's a vocally driven song for the most part. It still had that jam element to it, you know. Totally. Right. So that's the L.A. thing. Uh, driving that, right yeah, you could, there, yeah, where, you the, could where feel they it. wanted the lyrics, they wanted the yeah. the actual song, and I wanted the lyrics too because I, we didn't have any lyrics. I'm good at writing hooks mm-hmm. and like catchy hooks and kind of smart ass hooks, mm-hmm. but um, content storytelling not that great, you know. Well, the Red Dog, that was my first one. story that I really told well, you know. That's I thought. Really good one. So how long were you guys um playing out there um as cranberry sauce? You know, I'm not good with time or numbers in space, but um. From what I perceive, I think it was two years. About something around Maybe, there. yeah, about two years. And, um, you know, were you were you playing at, at what you considered to be big places? What it, what was it? What was the L.A. scene like there? Uh, L.A. was tough. It's tough to break into when you're coming in clean. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can't, say we came from here with a, with a following, I think we would have had a crowd. Because L.A. works a lot differently. You know, it's very much a herd mentality. Well, it's if, it's if it's a place to be, it's a place to be. Right. You know, but grassroots, it wasn't quite. You know. Right, and I just want feel. to, uh, I want to clarify too. I want to kind of compare. Um, I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but the overall scene, because obviously L.A. is not Athens. Are you sure? <laughs> I th- I'm pretty sure L.A. is not Athens. I mean, pace. It's huge. Pace it's gigantic. Pace centric. But but you know, I mean. Uh, I, I I hope you maybe know what I mean. You know, what was the feeling out there? What was the the kind of general just thoughts out there? Were pe- were people going to shows just to see shows, or were they going to see specific people? You know, it, it was very sceny. So like, there's dudes on the scene that are like kind of flashy. They got a name. They got friends. That's where the show. That's where the crowd was. You know, so we tried to do shows with those cats. I mean, it wasn't quite the right feel, but I think people were picking up on what we were doing. It wasn't like we were getting um. Tons of recognition and tons of, of fan base. Mm-hmm. But we were making friends pretty fast out there before all the sullenness kind of kicked in, you know? And like, and, you, and you're thinking, you know, like small city mentality where like you're, you're hopeful, you're like, I'm gonna go there, I'm, I'm gonna inject my element in there, and hopefully it's gonna spark and it's, or it's gonna add to the flame. Absolutely. And I'll, and I'll be able to see myself in it, which is kind of naive. Well, you might not have been, but you probably thought you were a little bit of a, you know, big fish in a small pond kind of thing. I mean, when you're in Athens and you're starting to do things, it's pretty easy to be like, well, that's Uncle Larry. You know, people start yeah. to know like, oh, that that's Larry. That That's Retution, you know, that. But then, and and you take that other places feeling that way. But then you get somewhere and it's like, ooh, yeah. maybe not. Well, LA is not good at letting you know to your face that you're shit. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Expand, what do you mean by that? Well, I had a boss at WG Grinders mm-hmm. where I worked in school. And so this is back here in Ohio. Back in Athens, back in the day. Okay. So he knew I was getting ready to go out there, and he's like, look, New York will tell you, fuck you. They mean, I love you. LA will tell you, I love you. It means, fuck you. And I didn't <laughs> quite take that 
as personal as I should. I hadn't really had much experience with that, you know? Because uh-huh. we went to New York a lot growing up. And um, I was in the city a lot, and I always felt a connection to it, you know? And I, I would get into conversations with random-ass people all the time. My parents were looking out the window like, oh, my God, is he, my son going to get mugged? But I'm just talking to people because people are that open with you. So I kind of thought that was my only real experience with bigger cities. So I kind of assumed everywhere was like that. Right. You know? But L.A., um, and it isn't the people that are from L.A., which also took me a long time to realize it isn't the Angelinos that are the problem. The Brad Pitts. The Brad, the Brad Pitts of L.A. They're, they're great. The natives, right? I don't know where he's from, but he must be a native. But the native Angelinos were fucking awesome. And like mm-hmm. those people I still talk to to this day, the ones that I haven't pissed off so much when I left, you know? Because I, I, I just burned every bridge on the way out of town. I was so angry. That might be another you know? episode. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear that, though. Yeah, that might be another episode. Maybe just like, maybe it's a session where I just pay you to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. And it, it would just burn. I'll let you it would just, just throw it away. Yeah, you can just unleash and just <laughs> get it off your shoulders and just tell me. I'm a passionate and I and often misunderstood person, so, you know. Some things happen. I, you, you get lost. I get lost mm-hmm. very easily in things, you know. You get lost at sea very easily. But L.A. was sweet. Don't get me wrong. The first two years were so much fun. It just wasn't my bag of chips. I started to feel like I was trapped, so I wanted to leave. Um, but the first years were so much fun. I made so many good friends out there. And more people I probably would would still be good friends with if I hadn't, you know, downward spiraled and, and self-destructed so hard that it, it The it moving with the girl thing, too, I mean, adds I was to always it. Told, I was always told that was a bad idea. Yeah, that adds to it. But definitely. this also, also goes back to, um, I guess it's the big, the big fish little it's, pond mentality where, like, I could change the world mentality. Mm-hmm. We're like, you know what, you're out, of, you're out of school, you're fresh been playing all these shows and i knew that what we were playing wasn't the best music in the world but we we were had we had these crowds no one's ever heard what i've played yeah no one's heard my shit yet you know yeah. but maybe maybe i'm different you know <laughs> right. you know what maybe there's a chance yeah maybe so you're saying there's a chance <laughs> so two years and it kind of it kind of you know there's maybe a little bit of spiral but then two yeah. years and so to my understanding the way that kind of i've gathered it is that you took the total opposites so you were like i'm over on the west coast yeah. Fuck it. I'm gonna just move all the way over to the East Coast. Yeah. So now suddenly you're in Brooklyn. Yeah. For, I, I, I had about four years. I think it was about the four year mark. The four year in LA. I'm like living in my car the last month or two. Okay. So you know? two years you were into we're the like, music thing, maybe with cranberry sauce, and then it started to go. Well, we had the cranberry sauce thing going on. We had a gig at the House of Blues uh, Foundation Room. Our drummer didn't want to play it. Picked up Adam Darlin, who was an Athens player who lived out there too. Fukushima. Mm-hmm. I played a couple of shows with those guys. Uh, I'm not meant to play that kind of music. It's too tight and beautiful and like <laughs> and clean. But um, pick that drummer up, and this is ridiculous. Our first show as the Squid uh, was was essentially a cranberry sauce show. We were opening for this guy who had like you know all these. There's quite a following, you know, and like the word was he's gonna have some scouts there to hear him play. We're playing directly after him, right? So we're excited, you know, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So pick up Adam, we're playing the show. It comes down to it, there's this band that was playing last, Australian quote unquote punk rock kids. They were like, we're not. The name was like late night party something bullshit like that. They didn't want to play last anymore because it was too late for them. Even though their name is late night bullshit cockamamie party, whatever you want to call right. it, you know. Yeah. So they like forcefully changed the lineup. We're like, fuck it, we don't care because that's who we are. We're playing a show still. We're gonna fucking have fun. Yeah, good. We had a crew that we, we racked up about a thousand dollar bar tab because we bought a crew, you know. And times going by, the promoter's drunk. This band is like setting up each cable. Like, so slow, one by one. And we're like, yo, where's the urgency? And they just won't stop. When I get playing, they won't stop playing. Right. And it became ever ever evident ever evident that uh, 
we weren't going to fucking play. Mm-hmm. So it ended up being a fucking bar brawl. It was so close. I mean, it almost ended up being a bar brawl. <laughs> I, I'm like yelling in this Australian guy's face outside, like, I'll fucking knock you out. Like, I, I don't fight people. But we were just so mad because at one point, like, he, he like knocked someone in the head with his guitar, his girl in the head with his guitar, and it was like not apologetic. Microphones were missing. It was chaos. <laughs> you know, it was almost a fight. And we're like, you know what? This is this has got to be our, our new band, The Squid. <laughs> we called The Squid. We started writing like this really kind of like aggressive. In your face. Yeah, and this is the point too where like, I'm starting to get frustrated with my life, you know? Mm-hmm. And we're partying really hard. We're drinking hard. And like, so the music's changing. Music has changed a lot from Kramer Sauce. Mm-hmm. Where it was groovy, lighthearted, kind of like really fun. It got to like, you know, similar feel, but it was like kind of angry. And it was a lot of yelling and it was right. like loud. It was somewhat heavy, but it was like funky still, you know? And the squid was really fun. So was that in LA? That was in LA, yeah. Did you take that sound then to Brooklyn? I tried to. Um, I just couldn't. It was a lot harder to get people in a room together there because uh-huh. you have to go rent sound spaces. There's not really anywhere to put a band. So when you went to Brooklyn, I'm going to kind of change things yeah. to the Brooklyn side of thing. Uh, were you more um, doing your art thing then? Was it kind of like I'm going to move to Brooklyn to do my art stuff instead of my music stuff? I mean, obviously, uh, you know, for all the people out there listening, giving me shit right now. Yes, music is art. I get it. But <laughs> for the ability for me to differentiate the two you know were you going to brooklyn to do your painting and and your stuff like that kind of well i had really hadn't painted much in la i just didn't have that spark mm-hmm. i lost it you know except towards the end mm-hmm. i had one i did a bunch of painting i moved to new york thinking i'm gonna fucking find a band there because i know the music's in new york i'm gonna find a band there it was, it was a little difficult you know and i even had an apartment um my third one out where we had a drum kit in the basement we had the space but it's hard to find players man you know craigslist is like this can of worms of fucking insane people, you know. I don't want totally. that, I don't want these people in my fucking house. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like, who is this person? Where, where do they come from? You know, uh-huh. insane. So we, I had I had maybe one or two jam sessions with, with musicians that I, I knew I could trust. You know, and have you ever heard of the band Turquoise? It's this nine piece funk band from Brooklyn. They're fucking killing it right now. No, good I friends haven't. of mine. I love them to death. But before they had just, they've always been over the top awesome. But they had this window where they fucking blew up. Just before that, when I had I had some time from them, you know, I could I could coax the players over to play. I had my buddy Josh who plays sax and sings, and my buddy Taylor who plays bass. I man, I had him come over, over for, jam. for a jam session. Yeah, we yeah. had a couple songs. I've been writing with my buddy Miles, but they just blew up. They're so busy. Mm-hmm. You know, which, that's the problem with New York is that you only know people that will fit your style and that you can trust because they're in other bands. But the problem is they're in other bands. Right. There's no time. So, I mean, I, I would have loved to play with those guys more than that one jam session, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. Because they're, like, so, they're so fucking good. Um, but that's where, like, Larry Elefante was started. Did it, it was born there. Just And that was just in a couple of jam sessions. We had I had three songs we had written. My buddy Miles and I had written the song 30 Second Lover, which is 32, you know, ND, 30 Second Lover. Uh-huh. Uh, playing the words, you know, 30 Seconds <laughs> of Hot Sweet Low. And there was Uncle Larry's Mustache. My father's name is Larry. Okay. So every, he, he's always called Uncle Larry growing up. He had a mustache. Gotcha. You know? that, that helps explain it a little bit. Okay. Yeah. And it just has like a certain 70s feeling swang to it. You know, like uh-huh. Uncle Larry just sounds like kind of like, you know, fucking, right. that's my fucking Uncle Larry, man, you know? 
That's great. That's that, great. That, 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 that answer your question at all? I don't, I'm not even sure where. I, you know, I don't even know where circle? my question was at this point. I don't even know what my question even was, but I think that that does answer it. But so you brought some of that hardcoreness. You know, you were doing the squid out in L.A. And I don't know if I call it hardcore, but for me, well, for in me. your face, for me. you know, kind of more aggressive, like you were saying. I was yelling, and you were trying to bring it um, um, to Brooklyn. And so, 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 how did you feel that the New York, the Brooklyn scene? How did it differ from the L.A. scene? It was so much more accessible, like, in variety-wise. I mean, like, L.A., it was like Venice Beach. You got, like, a bunch of, like, white boy reggae bands. You got some reggae bands. You got some punk rockers. Great fucking bands. Maybe the pub was so good. We used to see Fishbone and Weapon of Choice with relative frequency, you know? Uh-huh. And those bands were so good. And all those players, The Untouchables, Mr. Jerry Miller and The Untouchables. Right. Badass people. Were um, they a little bit... Were, were Was the scar. crowd in uh, New York a little bit more... Um, accepting of the sort of jam stuff? Uh, well, you know, at that point, I had kind of not really jammed much because we did all those shows in L.A. where it was like, we got to cut down right. the time. So that jam element really got kind of lost. You know, and it, I started focusing more on the, the lyrically driven songs. Uh-huh. And I have a bunch more songs that are just, just only spots for improv, but it's like, it's driven by the words. Right. Straight up. And Red Dog was a product of that. Absolutely. Know? I mean, you can tell Red Dog's driven by the words on that one. That's you know, a- but the scene in New York was like, in the crowd, I could see my, I see myself in the crowd, LA I didn't really see myself, you know? Right. And I, I have a tendency to really feel out of place no matter where I go. But New York, I felt like you're so insignificantly, you, you know, I mean, like you could be sitting next to like a millionaire record producer, you'll never know because they don't they don't talk about it. Right. You know? We're in LA, he would have let you know. That record producer would have told you he's a record producer. Right, yeah. Look how fresh these $100 bills are. Right. You know? <laughs> I mean, the first show I went to in, in New York, for example, this is perfectly perfect example for me, there was this one band in town um, that was like this flashy kind of like rock and roll thing. I, I perceive it to be pretty contrived. The dude was really awesome guitar. And never like, as a person, fucking awesome. Uh-huh. Super nice to me, always was. But musically, I just didn't see it. And everyone was like going crazy over it, you know? Just fucking losing their minds over this shit. And it, to me, it wasn't anything new. It was like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hacking uh, David Bowie, Stylings, music, uh, vocally in Hendrick Licks on guitar. Uh-huh. But, um... Probably going wild. These people won't even talk. These people in the crowd won't even talk to me. The bandmates are like, oh, good show. They're like, kind of like, yeah, yeah, we fucking know. Attitude, you know? I go to New York, first show I'm out at. It's a free show at the Brooklyn Bowl, which became like a home to me. Uh, it was Bicky Griptite, who's like the MC and guitarist and Sharon Jones of the Dap Kings. If you hear a guy talking, kind of like playing MC, like in the Jane Brown, kind uh-huh. of how Jane Brown did, that's Bicky Griptite. Right on. And he had a band called the Melomatics, soul, soul band. Mm-hmm. So I went there. And I'm watching the show, and I'm like, I kind of bump into this guy, and it's the fucking drummer from the Dab Kings. I'm like, I apologize, I'm sorry, you know. Then there's Gabby Roth, the bassist, you know. And I'm like, yo, I heard about the new album coming out. We chatted for like the whole show, asking me, he's like, hey, we don't have a title for the album yet. Do you have any ideas, any suggestions, you know? <laughs> but the difference between LA and New York was like, people who were touring the world, killing it, will talk to you. Like you know? you're normal, I mean, like you're, like yeah, you're just, a person. Yeah, you know, it was funny too, because I met this girl, Meredith, at the bar, so eating condition. I said, hey, Nice knish. And I looked over and she had a scar on her left cheek, you know, just like mine. And she ended up running like this NYC funk meetup group. So I got on that list and it was that easy to make friends. Mm-hmm. LA, I kind of felt like I couldn't get like friends to go see shows with me. It was kind of like pulling teeth to go Much travel more out of the West Side. In, in, in New York. Yeah, that, that people there just want to have fucking fun. Yeah. And it's all at your fingertips, man. It's so accessible. Musically, I was seeing so many more shows than I was playing because there was so much to take in. Right, and I just I was like, you know what? I didn't even care about me playing music. I was just like, I'm gonna see so much 
And it was also, it was just so much. I mean, it was insane. Tons. Brooklyn Bowl alone. I mean, hundreds of shows at the Brooklyn Bowl. I mean, insane. Really awesome. Yeah. That sounds like fun. I, I, you know, never even, me personally, never even heard of the Brooklyn Bowl. <laughs> oh, dude, it's great. It's kind of been branded now, though. I mean, it's kind of corporatized in a way that it's been like it's in different cities now. Oh, okay. But the Bowl, man, it was like, she Pete Shapiro, who owned the Wetlands. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard about the Wetlands? I think Pretty so. Pretty much a jam band haven. You know, like Fish played there, Ween played there, um, Blues Traveler played there. Okay. It was like the last like hippie haven in the city. Basically, from what I gather, a total free-for-all. People smoking, chilling, drinking, seeing shows, doing crazy shit, you know? Uh-huh. I never got to go there because I, I just didn't, I wasn't old enough to go to those kind of places when I was visiting New York, you know? Right. Or when I was, didn't know it was around, <laughs> you know? But he bought that place, bowling alley, fried chicken, food, and music. And I saw, like, so I've seen DMC play there. I've seen fucking um, Public Enemy play there. Nice. He have a play, by the shows. way. I mean, that dude is, like, endless amounts of energy. He played for, like, three hours. He hopped, like, he hopped instruments. And I'm watching a show standing next to Eric Krasner from Soul Live and Lettuce and uh, Jesus Coombs and Adam Deitch from Lettuce watching Public Enemy. I'm just like, man, this is the coolest fucking place I've ever been, you know? <laughs> That's great. So in, in Brooklyn, you know, is that when you kind of um, – I because I, I kind of got to know also, it, since you're also doing the painting and stuff, I got to switch between a little bit because I've seen some of your pieces um, that you do and you seem to have a theme with like you like to get uh, – uh, the, the sort of Jesus Christ photos from like uh, yard <laughs> yeah. sales and 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 uh, yeah. thrift stores, and you kind of you know you put the flat bill hat on uh, on, that's, that's on Jesus, yeah. and and uh, you know you put the gold chains on him or whatever, <laughs> and and uh, so I got to start asking, when did that stuff start getting inspired in you? You know that kind of because that seems to be a theme. You do a lot of those pieces. Yeah. It seems like it's cheap. When it's did cheap it start shot. being? What did you think about that? Why did that start coming out, doing those kind of things? Like, it seems like you like to add on to paintings that yeah, have yeah. already been made. Can you can you talk about that at all? Yeah, you know, I found these two prints at a thrift store because I'm always looking for frames. Mm-hmm. Frames first. I'm always looking for frames. And I found these two pieces that Brad Clark from mm-hmm. Jackie O's ended up buying. Yeah. And it was like these two, like, uh, cartoon characters. It was like a, a mother and a daughter. And she's kind of like teaching how to sew. And then once she's teaching her how to bake... And I saw it, I just saw it as like kind of sinister. I just saw them like, in my head, I saw them like baking these heads. You know, like the, the bread was heads and just like <laughs> stitching up a head. So I just, I just did that. And it kind of, it just was. That's what it was. Yeah, because I'm kind of a sarcastic person. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And kind of. And um, <laughs> I get that a little bit. I don't get sarcasm, you know. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that was fun to me. And like, I grew up Catholic, so like making fun of Jesus was kind of fun. And like, it's always fun to rouse Christians. I don't know. They're so easy to piss off because yeah. they're not very Christ like. You you don't have you know? to say much either yeah. to to get a little rise out of them. Yeah, and it was funny. And then I did like the Jesus Fish one, where he's like, "Jesus has got a joint in the Sierra Nevada, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale." Anyone who's a '90s fish kid was like, "That's all the <laughs> only crap that you had." Well, that's probably what Jesus would have been like. I think yeah. Jesus would have been at a fish show. Yeah, fucking it's church. You know that is church. He definitely definition of church. There. Gathering so, people for the same thing. I got to think then that as the listener, and now that I'm hearing this story, right, and and correct me on the timeline or not but this whole kind of you know i've been to la i've been to i've been to brooklyn i've been living the scene um i'm kind of gathering up i kind of brought to this really wild song that i love uh called eyes Mm -hmm. um yeah 
and I don't know, maybe that came before, maybe that came much later, but it seems like that's kind of a culmination of a lot of things because it's changed, it's different. Yeah. Uh, can yeah. you talk about that song a little bit? I love that song. And it never got to really quite develop it the way I wanted to. Uh, I had this Tascam 4 track that I play with a lot and I always record on it, you know. You know, I went through a breakup at the time and like and like any anyone who like is creative on any level, you kind of thrive in those like down. Totally. You make the downwinds. best art when you're yeah, when not you're, happy. When, when you're suffering. It's yeah. like, yeah. Happy art is not very fun. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it is, but not for me. I, I, I don't <laughs> no, produce I happy you. art necessarily. But um, yeah, that song was great, man. I, I've always loved Frank Sinatra and all that stuff and I had this record, Cycles. And it was like a really dark album for Frank. He's like basically crying into the microphone, but it's so beautiful and morose. And I think it's the first song of the album called um, Pain in My Heart. And it's like that that, piano, that droning piano. So I just, I used my PC computer at the time. I'm like DJ High Tech, <laughs> PC computer. And I just, I just took the first eight bars of the song and looped that. It's an eerie piano sound. Oh, it's so beautiful, man. It's so yeah. dark. But then the first line of the song is, you know, my eyes are dry, my love. Since you've been gone, I haven't shed a tear. Mm -hmm. And that's all I really needed to hear from the song at the time, you know? That was the message to Where you. it was, yeah. Right. So I just looped that as the chorus. Mm -hmm. And then I uh, recorded a bass line, some guitar tracks. I even used a lighter with some reverb to add some sound. Right. Because I always like soundscapes, you know? Uh-huh. And, and then I sang uh, some words over it, which, you know, this is still... This is back before... Cranberry sauce was really had really picked up, kind of at the same point actually, you know. Okay. And um, I was just too afraid to sing still, so I, I dumped all this reverb on it and kind of sunk it low in the mix. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of an eerie song, but it's also like I beautiful. find so much yeah beautiful. I find so much beauty in that stuff Absolutely. and like pleasure, and it's like it makes me feel like I'm kind of dreaming when I hear it. You know, well, it is awesome. I I really love it. I was going through uh, your kind of collection that you gave me. Uh, you hit me up with that SoundCloud and I was kind of going through it and that one really caught my eyes. And then you hit me up saying, hey, I'd like to play this one. This this is one that I'd like to get on yeah. play. And before you had even said that, I was like, I want to get this one on here because it's, it's different. It's definitely, you know, you go through, all your stuff is very different, but this one especially, for some reason, struck me as different. You yeah, know, and I liked it. It's it's it. It definitely seems like a culmination of of a lot of different feelings, kind of just coming out and trying to just yeah. explode onto a song, and I love it. And it's also part of like the growing pains of trying to be in a band, where like you can't get people together, and you're frustrated of trying to get people in the same room together, mm -hmm. and just wanting to create music so badly. And uh, so I just started looping things and playing with, kind of like electronic type things. This is the one yeah. thing I have where I'm, it almost sounds like dubstep to me. Well, that was the first thing. I was like, well, he's all, you know, he's sampling the shit out of something in here, and I wasn't used to hearing any kind of samples in here. And I was like, okay, so now he's kind of traveling towards the almost DJ, yeah. you know, remix type we stuff. We know Cranberry Sauce originally, sorry, that's just totally No, 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 off. go. It was totally, when it first started, it was like a hip-hop, improv hip-hop group. Mm -hmm. We had Ruckus Roboticus on turntables. Okay. Clyde, how do I pronounce it, Eberhard? Eberhard? I don't even know. I, I didn't even know his last name the whole time I've known him. I actually asked him a couple of days ago. I'm like, Clyde, what's your last name? So, you know, I, I just call him Clyde 54 because he, he like wouldn't show up to practice. Mm -hmm. Or they'd be coming two hours late. He'd be like, what's up, guys? Mm -hmm. Like, right. hey, what's up? But it was like, I think, I think it was Big Joe Steele on keys, Ruckus Roboticus on turntables. I was doing guitar. I believe Drew Dyer was playing bass. And I, I could have swore at first it was Nick Flandreau on drums. And maybe then Luke McIntosh later. Uh-huh. And that was just improv hip hop. 
That was the original cranberry sauce, you know? Awesome. And Clyde originally recorded like one verse on eyes. Nice. We never got the second verse done. So I decided to just record the vocal track myself just to have some kind of um, fluidity because it, having one right, 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 verse of rhymes, I can't uh, produce lyrics like that, you know? And Clyde's, <laughs> like, Clyde's like the fucking man. Who I saw a couple weeks ago when I was seeing Turquoise in Columbus. Did you shout him out and go, like, what's your last Clyde name? 54, where what's are you? <laughs> Actually, exactly how I texted him. He's like, yeah, I'm working, what's up? I'm like, come see the show. I got a plus one. So he came in. I hadn't seen that guy for like fucking years, man. It was so good to see him. And like, yeah, he's, I forgot how tall he was, you know? <laughs> I love Clyde, man. He's so good. Talented fucking MC. Awesome, man. So well, good. that's one of my, I mean, I love it. I love, like I said, I love Red Dog. I think that's my favorite song ears uh, that I've heard so far. But this Eyes one really caught my attention. So I definitely want everyone to hear out there. We're going to listen to Eyes now by uh, Michael Retushin. I don't know whether he's going by Larry, Uncle Larry. We don't know what his name is, but it's good shit. Right here. I like this one. It's a wild one. We're hanging here with Michael Retushin. We're going to come back and talk to him a little bit more on View from the Hill. www.viewfromthehill.com. We're having a good time. So, uh, you know, check it out, people. This is Eyes, Michael Retushin.
What's happening? We're hanging out on www.viewfromthehill.com with View From The Hill. We're hanging out with Michael Retushin. Hi. We've been talking about his adventures in LA, his adventures in Brooklyn. And uh, what brought the end to Brooklyn? You know, we kind of we kind of heard a little bit of a of a of a preview of some hard times in LA which took you to Brooklyn, but but what moved you out of Brooklyn? What happened there? Uh, you know, I, I tried to leave Brooklyn after the three-year mark, which is stupid because after the three-year mark, it's where it all clicks. But I was convinced I wanted to go to New Orleans. So I packed the car, tried to go. My car died when I got to Youngstown. Ended up in the parents' basement. So I went back to New York. And my job had gotten a little bit spotty, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that job was good because it allowed me to come home for the summer and to travel around and still come back. Right. But it got spotty. After that, after Sandy came through, it, it wrecked a lot of um, gallery spaces in Chelsea, which kind of slowed down the art handling world. Mm -hmm. You know, so we got like I went from working like you know pretty steadily to not working at all. Right. Okay. And any of my coworkers were like working steadily is like kind of a joke because it's not really that steady. <laughs> but um, I just my mind began to wander, and I kind of wanted to find somewhere where I can get my feet in the ground and like get some roots. Mm -hmm. I think I may have left New York a year early. You know, I don't regret it, but. Um, but Jack Yo's, man, they're blowing up and it seemed like a place that's expanding and growing where my job in New York seemed like it was shrinking. Right, know? right. And, um, and you had friends. I mean, it was, yeah, and I, I want to play, I wanted to play music, you know? Yeah. And there was a ton of good players here and, and I wasn't playing rock and roll the way I wanted to. I was playing acoustic stuff, kind of country acoustic with my buddy Eli, mm -hmm. but, um, I just wasn't playing like electric music and I wanted to get back to that, you know? And so you came back to Athens about a year ago December yeah December roughly okay which is cool because my friends band up on Wrecking Ball was playing at the at Casa Brooklyn band uh -huh. and they're practicing in their apartment for a show night before I left I mean it had to have been a little earlier than a year because I know I was running that Rise of the Phoenix benefit for the union yeah and I got you in on that and that was like yeah. November well I had shook hands on the job in September okay well before you know gotcha the fire came and I remember I woke up because everyone had posted online about mm -hmm. the fire, and I was like, I called Art. I was like, yo, should I come back 
because then it would be a difficult time. You don't you don't like hire people when you're uh, right going through stuff like that. But um, yeah, I mean that was just I think that was that was late November when that fire hit. Mm-hmm. You know, I moved back about December fifth or sixth. Actually, about right, right. You know, the ten year anniversary. Right, right. Nine about year, right nine in year, there, rather. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, yeah. But I mean, the idea of like playing music again on stages and knowing just, this player should just place to practice and craft. I'm thinking I could write stuff, I could make it better, I could record it, you know. Uh-huh. I could build. So when you when you first came in though, I was seeing a lot of your art, those Jesus pieces that you were yeah. doing and, <laughs> yeah. and a lot of that stuff. I mean, uh, did you come in here and were 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 you taking that kind of art stuff to to festivals around the area and doing the the festy thing you know um kind of yeah well, I, one summer in new york i decided i'm gonna set up on the street and sell art mm-hmm. i started selling off in, in williamsburg off the bedford stop i met a dude charlie st george here he was my neighbor everyone's really territorial he was like dude sit next to me we're cool this is a spot there's always trash there but we'll if you start setting up the won't put trash there so i did and it was it was really cool it was a really good learning experience so i, just, I said you know i could sell art in the street which is great Mm-hmm. You know, but I started doing the, the fish thing. I started doing summer tour stuff. Right. I made that fish Jesus print, mm-hmm. and I was selling a bunch of those online. And then I was gearing up to do some shows. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuel as many. I've never been on fish tour before. I've never done that. I've always been a fan, but I've never done like more than three shows in a row. Right. Different towns. Uh, so I'm like, I'm gonna do this shit. I'm kind of a lost soul. Fuck it, I'm gonna do it. I don't really have. I don't know where else I'm supposed to be. I'm gonna do this. And I had, I had like stacks of that fish Jesus picture. And like fish is cool. Like you could like take their songs. Take pretty much anything they do, you just can't, and you, you can create art, original artwork from it. Mm-hmm. You just can't use the fish logo or the name fish. Right. And I'm, I'm, and four days before I'm getting ready to go, I'm like, that's all I have, is the fish logo and the word fish, blatantly printed on this guy's shirt. I'm like, I'm gonna get shut down. Right. So I busted out this painting of a llama and a sloth and a possum, fish songs. If you're a fish nerd, you know right. those things. Brought them for the brave. I did a bunch of them, and I made prints of them. And I just framed him, I, you know, and I, so I kind of started fueling myself to see more shows. I'm like, I'm going to go as far as the art sales will take me. So is that why you started, so level with me here, is that why you started putting the lettuce stuff on Jesus all, all the time? Because it was like, I, I might get sued if I put the fish stuff on lettuce, <laughs> but I'm cool. Or I'd be if I put the fish stuff on Jesus, but I, I'm cool with lettuce. Well, you know, lettuce is so fucking good. I love lettuce. And I've met those guys and I've partied with some of those guys several times at like different bars in Brooklyn. Uh-huh. And, uh. Jesus, the bassist, is this, you know long-haired cow with the long hair and a beard, <laughs> okay. and the, gla- the glasses and the flat rim in the picture. So I, it just seemed like a natural it fit. fit. Yeah, right. natural fit. He knows I did it. Um, and I was like, is it cool if I sell it? Uh, I never really asked his permission if I could make prints and sell them, but he's just like, like the comments, so he didn't really, you know. Yeah, he's right. super cool, he doesn't care. Okay. You know? I, I've given him my Cholo Jesus print, though, at a Catskill Chill. Awesome. I don't know if he kept it or not, but I hope, I hope he did. I hope he did. Oh, uh, yeah. Because you know, that was when you came into town, and you know when I was first originally saying that I was seeing all my friends, you know, comment and 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 hitting you up on Facebook, and that's where I originally started seeing all that. I knew you sort as sort of as uh, Michael the artist. You know, you were the, you were a painter, and yeah. then it, it took a little while first then to be like, oh, he's also playing music. Gotcha. Te- a testament to how bad Kramer Shaw's probably was to other people who didn't like that style of music. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it, and so um, then. You, you know, you're back in the scene. It just came like nothing. You know, you just sort of seemed to get on down that. Ugh, seemed to get going no, no, on no, back no, in no, here. You play yeah. banjo over there. And uh, you're down at you're down at. You're the, talking like the, me now. <laughs> <laughs> so you're down at the 
uh, Jackie O's tap room now, yeah, right? Yeah, tap room, yeah. And uh, making noise down there, kind of doing more than just pouring drinks, kind of. Making noise is probably a good way to put that if yeah. you're any of my coworkers. I like it. Yeah. And so did you start the Sunday Fun Day? Yeah, we started doing Sunday Fun Days down there. And it was a way to just get some fresh art in the walls and like highlight some local artists. And is that every Sunday? It is not. It is every... It's once a month. Once a month. Yeah. One Sunday. You but, don't know what Sunday it's going to be as of right now. It's just we didn't really, one once a month. Yeah, we didn't really have like much of like a, too many ideas about it. We just like, we want to do it. And we kind of focused on like the third week. Now we're trying to like lock on the third week of, of, uh, of the month mm-hmm. will be our thing. Right. Okay. We're thinking middle of the month because it's payday week and people like, could have an extra day to go out. They might be more clients. We're like, you know, we just want people to come. But more importantly, like having like a, a relatively steady date right. once a month for it. Let's just kind of pick a date and kind of roll with it, you know? Has uh, has Larry uh, or Uncle Larry, have have you guys been playing at all on the Sunday fun days? We played one of them when it was still warm outside. Mm -hmm. And we're playing again tomorrow. Right yeah, with some good friends. Of That'll ours. be a good one. So tomorrow, so it's we'll kind of nice. We'll we see. had this uh, the we'll show tonight. Tomorrow, tomorrow right? is the uh, <laughs> Sunday fun day, so that's good. Whatever practice means, we'll, I'm not sure what that means. So, so anyone listening out there, tomorrow Sunday fun day at the Jackie O's Tap Room, you can see uh, Michael laying it down. Yeah, or uh, and uh, Dale out there. We got we got a question in from one of our listeners. Dale out there wants to know. Um, Dale? What are what are your pizza Dale? Oh, pizza, pizza, the best pizza in know. town. Yeah, yeah. This is we talked about this earlier. Pizza yeah. Dale is the best pizza. In yeah. Town. If if anyone deserves best pizza in town, pizza Dale. Pizza fucking Dale, man. Yeah. Well, he wants to ask you um, kind of a serious question. Uh-oh. That's a little unusual for pizza out there. That's not unusual. Seri- for, that's not unusual for pizza at all. <laughs> so he wants to know, you know, what are your hopes? For Uncle Larry, you know, what direction are you guys heading in? Are you trying to do anything serious, or what's the deal? Well, yeah, I mean, originally that band was formed for a union benefit mm-hmm. up in Columbus. Um, and we hadn't really practiced much before, besides that initial run of practices. <coughs> Pardon me. And then we played that show, and then, like, we were playing the one at, at Casa, mm-hmm. and then we kept getting asked to keep playing, which mm-hmm. we did. So it never really evolved much more from that set that you know a couple a handful of songs right i do want more from it than just those has it started to evolve yet i think a little bit it has yeah i mean finding an identity Uh for the sound in the band is like important to me Mm -hmm. which we haven't really done yet you know we've had the same four players you know originally it was just three of us right then we fucking zubin jedi hitman on the guitar master zubin man and i didn't i i didn't fight it but i was like reluctant to bring him on only because i wanted like keys Mm -hmm. you know Two guitars. You were wanting a specific instrument. Yeah, I just wanted like to be no, 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 two of the same instrument. Right. And I really wanted no players to have been uh, in the same band together in the past, mm-hmm. where Ren and Zubin had the uh, any color connection, you mm-hmm. know. But as soon as we played them, I was like, yeah, yeah, fucking a. See, and, I, and I used to do a lot of lead guitar my way, but now I just sit in the pocket and play, and play rhythm and sing, you know. So, so you're hoping? Oh, I'm fucking very hopeful to get it going. We're supposed to practice today. <coughs> I'm not sure why that didn't work out, but we're, we're supposed to practice today. It didn't happen. We're going to practice tomorrow without Ren, which is actually Ren's birthday, which also brings us 100% full circles to we, we played our first show in Columbus on February 21st. Nice. On Ren's birthday. Okay. So this is like a full circle year. So you know? another practice has got to come soon. So you can come hear us play and see how little we've evolved over the course of a year. Because, <laughs> you know, no, it's great. The sound is really fun and good, but um, yeah. I do. I, I want to push it. I want to push as far as I can. I want to, you know, I'd love to have horns. I'd love to have keys. Well, it all. I also want to, re- want to record. I want to lock these tunes on 
you know. It all starts small. So if you guys ever all played again, and uh, you know, at the at the the Sunday Fun Day, you know, yeah. I want to try to. I, I work right now on Sundays. I want to try to start making to it. But if you guys ever yeah. play on that day, I'd love to know. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, there'll be more shows. I know we're playing Kroger, okay. awesome. March twenty fourth. Kroger, the yeah. best paying, venue in town so the far. Best the best paying, paying job gig in town. town. It's fucking awesome. I think it yeah. is awesome how they have gotten on board. It's fucking is that great. an Athens only thing? From what I hear, I think we're a very unique Kroger. They need to. D Jones just came in. D Jones wants D. Jones. to say Youngstown. Yeah. Youngstown in this bitch. Oh yeah, White Town. Kroger's though, yeah, man. Uh, they are. They need to get with the other Kroger's around this country because that's a cool fucking idea. It's a whole circuit. You I love the Kroger's. pictures that come out of it too. The pictures of other people. Confused, you know, like oh, they don't know what the hell to go on. Weird science was so fun. I, I, shamefully, I missed most of those. Those were the best pictures I've seen so far. Was the one for the so Weird Science funny. Show oh that God. seemed like. It, I mean, in and of itself, that seemed like a performance arts piece. Yeah, like, not just the show, especially Weird for, Science too. Yeah, people, you know? I know. And Ben Barnick is just playing bass. That's so great. Making these That's so great. Faces. And to think that Kroger's is so cool with those guys, you know, yeah. with everyone, with every type of music. Kroger's seems like suddenly I'm like, Kroger's is cool. If you got a shop, go between the hours of three and six on Thursday evenings. Do it. Exactly. Which is also delivery day. <laughs> Boom. that fresh shit. So you get the fresh stuff. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So you've been doing the Sunday fun days and then also something I've been digging because I just currently. I'm one of those people. I don't know if you want to say I'm one of those people or not, but I'm one of those people. I'm getting back into the vinyl. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm liking yeah. the vinyl digging again and uh, starting to get back in. So you're doing like a vinyl Hoppas. Tuesdays Hoppas thing, Hoppas is right? always there for you. Oh, right, exactly. Always I mean, I personally, you. I like the uh, Saturday, you know, yard sales and stuff. You yeah. get to see all the old old people's uh, I did see uh, quite stuff. a impressive collection of hip-hop vinyls that had just come in. He posted yesterday. Awesome. I might have to check that I out. I just got two the other day. Definitely. But you've been doing the Vinyl Tuesday thing, and so yeah. how do, does that work where you're just playing your vinyl? Well, at first it was because no one really was bringing anything in yet, right. you know, so it's just me bringing a suitcase and my shit. But um, now it's like you know, we've been getting some great contributions. People the bring point it. is is that you're supposed to bring in your vinyl, right? Yeah, you, you bring it, I'll spin it. And you'll spin it. Yeah. Right. Bring in like three or four, and if we're slow, we'll play more, and if it's busy, we'll play A-sides, B-sides, you know? Right. You're not looking for any other DJs, though, right? You're DJing. You're oh, well, playing the music. I, I'm just there as a medium, you know? You bring yeah. it, I'll play it for you, you know? Right. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. I mean... Yeah, it seems awesome, man. I got a pretty sweet collection, man. My, yeah. my uncle, uh, my uncle who just recently passed... Um, went through his went through his collection he was he was quite the collector and i just got some awesome you know like original tom waits original oh, beatles shit. pressings and stuff like that and of course i, I'm, I'm I, have to I, see I won't bring bring done. the beatles but we got some original sweet tom waits stuff i just and, bought a small change on vinyl awesome definitely yeah, not I an original but that's, jesus i want to see even originals back there one of my favorites is that small change i love oh my God. That. step right up oh my god I, I have fantasies about like doing that song with somebody you know i'm I told you I've just been doing my piano, uh, you know, lessons again, yeah. and I just I try to walk. I try to have a cigarette lit when I walk up to the piano <laughs> so that I can be like Tom. I want to be yeah. like Tom. No, <laughs> like a brewery, looking yeah. like a tramp. Oh man, you should hear me singing some "Hit the Road Jack" in Tom <laughs> Waits style, man. I'm trying. Dude. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Just I want to see those though when we're done for sure. I want to check out those. Definitely, those. We'll, we'll definitely go. You got to bring those, those in. My my record player is not like the best in the world. It's also a bar, so like if it's something you covet, maybe not bring it. But like, oh, one thing I wanted to mention too about the Sunday Funday thing—the one happening tomorrow. This is a unique one, which is really sweet. We have um, three families. So the artist this month is a family, child, parent, 
parent-child stuff. Yeah, so it's basically River, Casey Jones, Jacob Reed. Awesome. Work together on paintings together. Jacob Reed's a great friend of mine. Love, He's fucking awesome, man. Love him. He was there last night. Him and Tito were there to help hang the show. I haven't met Casey enough. I met her a few times, Youngstown, but not enough. Youngstown Peoples? Yeah. Grew up Swim Club, BTSC. Awesome. Orban Tennis Swim Club. Playing volleyball <laughs> with those people. So you guys are basically... You, you guys sister, are boys, yeah. This is old school, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we know, and, then, and then it's Tito. You know Tito Force, Kyle Bear, and then it's gonna be uh, Chris Monday. Awesome, and Ma- Mabel and Chris Monday. Awesome. And I've never met Mabel. I-, I think I've met her briefly. She's. Uh, I think I'm too weird. She might be kind of like shy <laughs> around me. But like, apparently, what they've created some couple collages, but they have a new book out. Chris I did awesome. see that actually. I can't wait. I'm, I can't wait. All to get her that own uh, narrations, right? She's narrating the stories, right. and he's doing the. I can't wait to see this stuff. Very cool. This is fun, man. It's like a kid show, and it's like. I think those people are all awesome artists in their own right. To see, like, I, I saw Jake. I'm like, yeah, fucking good job, dude. Like, good job being you, but like, good job making little humans and making little artists. You know, awesome. Like, I don't know it enough, so you know, it might not sound good coming out of my mouth. But anyone listening, Sunday Fun Day tomorrow. Yeah, we got parents and their kids showing their collaborations together. It's going to be an art show for parents, kids. There's probably going to be some music being played. Yep, we got um, Four Milestone, which is John Healy. Kevin Fletcher and a third party I'm not sure of. Ben Leeson, one of those guys I've been talking about earlier with uh-huh. like the youngsters who are coming up, like Americana Folk. Awesome. Really great songwriter, storyteller. Matt Vinson and the wonderful, awesome, awesome band. Also associated with Gaptooth Grin. And then we have Brian Knight, Emerson from last time, who was here. It is going to be a show tomorrow. And I'm kind Larry. of ashamed to say I have yet to be to the tap room, to go to the tap room. I, I we're always going to, we're up. there. I hear I hear that there's something going on there all the time. Well, you got some fucking Tom Waits uh, vinyls to bring down for Tuesdays. <laughs> all, right. For all right. That's going on then, definitely. I like that. So then, um, you know, are, are you trying to play by yourself around anymore? I mean, I know like we were already saying, right now it's kind of tough. There's there's one venue kind of around town, you know? We got yeah, Casa right now. For now. Um, but there's also a bunch of pop-up house venues that have been happening. I haven't... Some house parties I haven't been on. to those yet, which, is, which is also a stable. Chateau I've heard about. That one on West State. That's one I've heard about. It's I've heard of like a DJ shit. thing is what I've heard. I've been to... You know, I'm drawing a blank on some of these places all yeah. of a sudden. Shit, I have There's always been the one on Brown Avenue. There's one on Morris too, I believe, or right over on the, on the, on the east side. And of course, the ba- the spacement. Spacement, yeah, that's the one. Right. I was there for Halloween weekend. That was ridiculous. That was fun. Absolutely. So, which is a yeah. Good hopefully, we'll see you around there too. But you've been to, you know, you were out in L.A., you were out in Brooklyn, and I was kind of asking, you know, Brooklyn, how were the York. scenes out there? Um, and 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 when you were in when you were in New York and and when you were in L.A., you know, how's the scene comparing to Athens? Now you're back to Athens. You know, once again, we're we're down to that one venue. Obviously, it's not a big city like those two cities, yeah. but you know what's the what's the scene like? What do you think that they could take from LA? What what's Athens doing better than these towns? What are they doing worse? You know what's going on? Oh, I don't know. I mean, take from LA. I don't know. There's some good pastrami out there. There's some good weather. Maybe we could have. We could probably take warm weather. Is there from anything LA? we're in control of that we can you know kind of well, learn yeah. from these guys? Eye to eye communication. You know, mm-hmm. we are dysfunctional here. As every city is dysfunctional, but at least Athens people will, like get together and talk and hang out and like right. ask questions, you know. Which to me is a very New York thing. I found a lot of similarities between New York and Athens. Mm-hmm. I found some between LA and, and Athens, which was kind of like the uh, the not good ones. Well, I don't know if I call them necessarily not good, <laughs> but uh, 
fucking speed of driving uh, or getting around. I mean, like, you know, getting around the smaller sides of town in L.A. is like crawling around Venice, you know? But, like, Athens, like, 25 means 25, not 22. <laughs> right. You know? Keeping uh, meetings and appointments, like, mm-hmm. on time. It kind of feels like there's a, a, a lapse of time here where everything's so... It's a lot slower, and L.A. has a very similar vibe to how slow it is, you know? And just something that glues it all together. I've heard that. I mean, my uncles are from uh, from the L.A. area. They're uh, they're down in Garden Grove, and right. um, they're never on time. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I'm not great, you know, when it comes to One time. of my uncles is. He right. is. But I have an Uncle Tony, and we just say, you know, Tony, Tony. time. It's Tony, Tony time. time. Hey, is, is he walking in the room and he's like, kicks the door open. He's like, hey, it's fucking Tony time. I'm over <laughs> not, here. Not quite that, but he does kind of come in the door. It's Tony time. Bring the fucking hugs. <laughs> he does kind of walk in the door and, and bring the presents like that. Not quite like that. <clears throat> door's open. He does bring the presents. No, but, you know, New York, you can make friends so easily in New York. Not in L.A. so much. L.A., by yourself at the bar, I'm a creep. By myself at the bar in New York, I make friends. I made all my friends in New York by going to shows by myself, you know? So I think, and also kind of like, people will tell you to fuck off here. Not as fast, but similarly fast in New York. Like, just give me the juice. If we're talking, let's just talk. Right. There's no, we don't need any backstories or bullshit, you know? Absolutely. It's a, it's a communication town. I, I like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so the things, you, you know, you've been doing at the tap and pizza, you're doing, you're doing the Sunday fun day. You're doing the, uh, the vinyl Tuesdays. It seems like you're kind of trying to, to create a lot of fun in this town. We got another question, uh, from, from one of the members of the audience. It's coming from pizza Dale again. He's, he's, <laughs> he's quite talky right now. He's chatty, he, which is weird. He's he, never he talking to know what's up with the Thursday night dart leagues at the tap room. Oh yeah. Uh, Jesus and mother nature. You know, I think. This goes back to the construction thing. Like, there's, I'm not sure what to do about the outside space with it being cold. But you know what? I think we're gonna have to just wait till it gets nice outside. 3.0 dart league springtime. So is it an outside thing out there? See, Let, I haven't tell, been there. I don't know what the what pizza the, the never paid like. his dues for last uh, last tournament. So he owes twenty dollars. Make yeah. sure make sure he knows he's got to pay twenty bucks for the next one. You hear that? You hear that pizza? Double down. But yeah, yeah I think at 3.0 springtime. We're almost there. We're almost right, there. So it's a double or nothing. You know, you're already down 20. What's 40? Yeah, Let's what's 40, it. man? The rest of it could use a couple extra dollars. Put it know? on the line, pizza. No, his, his team came in third place. So they're, they're shooing. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> they're shooing. But. So you've been loving it. You know, you were saying you love Jackie O's. I mean, that's the main place you play at. I get that. We, we love people the are ridiculous. And, the people and, are ridiculous and the beer is ridiculous, you know? <laughs> it is. The beer is ridiculous. Hillbilly scientists over there kicking ass Seth and BC and fucking Chris. Yeah, it's pretty wild. You're loving the union, you know. That's yeah. like the that's like the that's the rock and roll home. Yeah, that's, that's where the filthy people are. It's filthy, and you've played a few times. Not enough at the block party. Yeah, we did the four times in that's total. That's kind of. I mean, I'm I'm raising the quotes here for all the people in Radio Land. I got the quotes up. That's kind of that that's the big show that's the big yeah. dance sort of in Athens right that is that, a big dance right that's that's the one you do and you've played a few of those i did we we played two with cranberry sauce uh one is rubber junk rubber junk rubber junk that's man. what we didn't hear about you know what actually while pizza's here can i ask pizza a question hey pizza dale if you're out there you're going to get asked a question this is this goes towards mr cheeseburger and pizza where the fuck are the recordings from rubber junk uh-oh cuz wasn't pizza dale I mean, uh, he's I'm always sure, recording stuff. I'm sure Pizza Dale and Clint was 
the two people who were in charge of recording that show, and apparently there's a recording out there somewhere. Uh-oh. You know? So we'll see. I know everyone's so busy. You got a job for you. You got to find some recordings for, for some Halloween. Rubber junk, man. For the rubber junk. Dooney on drums. Casey Jones on percussion. I think she was singing and playing flute, I believe. Uh, Jacob Reed playing percussion and singing. Brian Turner on keys. Nice. Uh, Corliss on bass. Where is the recording for that? Pizza, come on. Fun. There was even a fire. Remember, there's a fire on the rooftop on Core Street. Someone caught a couch on fire. We had three special guests for that set. Okay. The first one was going to be Jonathan Holmberg. Uh, it was going to sing, You Can Leave Your Hat On With Us. He's introducing us as the band, and he goes, Hey, what's the melody line? What's the words? I'm like, Maybe next time, dude. I don't, I don't know if that's a good idea. And then Dirty Johnny was going to sing, Starving in the Belly of a Whale. With us, Tom Waits. Uh huh. He, he never showed up. Um, <laughs> and uh, Jimbo was gonna play trump, trombone. Solo this seems very Athens. It does seem kind of very Athens, right? <laughs> but while we're playing Tom Waits, this is perfect. The fire. So some asshole, probably a future senator or congressperson, lit a couch on fire on, on top of one of the apartments uptown, and then this the fire department's like pulling through, and we're playing "Starving in the Belly." Well, so we just kept playing it for like what, probably like 15 minutes. Great, you know. Perfect. We just played it twice through. It was pretty sweet. <laughs> That's Jones. awesome. So you just played at this most recent block yes. party too, right? That was a very fun special special show for us. Yeah, that was good. That was a good one. And you were up there with a bunch of people. Who's up there uh, playing with you? Well, the core up to now uh, has always been Ren Fenton from Hell Nah mm-hmm. on drums. Uh, Nasty Nate, I call him. You know, Hillbilly. Uh, Nate Bright on upright bass. And Nick Zubin on guitar. Uh, and then my buddy Eli Bridges. Who uh, mentioned Eli? Who I met? We said these open jams. This is a quick, awesome story. Probably be longer than it should have been. But um, DBA, this little bar in Brooklyn, we used to go to. We'd all play acoustically there. It was this awesome pool of players. We'd always play. Eli was always there. Um, we got the jam with Dave from Ween. Once he shows up with his upright bass, and we're jamming mm-hmm. with fucking Dave Drewitz from Ween. Ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but I met Eli there. Super harmonica ridiculous. player, actor, awesome, sweet, awesome voice, great songwriter, like just one of the best. Uh-huh. Him and I started doing shows together in New York. Um, and he came down. We talked. I'm like, yo, you have to come to Athens. Like, I, I just see this guy in Athens, you know? Mm-hmm. And I always use Athens as, like, my measuring device when I go places. Can I see this person in Athens? That's right. so much I, how much I, I know I can connect with them, you know? Absolutely. And Eli, just, like, meant to be here. And we talked. He's like, yeah, I'm coming for Athens for sure, man, for sure. And I was like, yeah, I, I, know, I know he's going to come, but I'm, I'm always, like, hopeful but pessimistic because I don't want to be let down, you know? And um, please... And he uh, he's, he fucking comes to Athens. He he buses into uh, Cleveland. My friend Jesse picks him up, and they come down together. So we have Eli playing harmonica with us and, and singing. And it, we, half the songs we played with this band now, we played him and I wrote and played together in New York. Uh-huh. So then we also had Elephant Wrecking Ball, who's in town. Some good friends of mine, Neil, the original drummer from Dopapod, just playing in RAQ Rack right now. And Elephant Wrecking Ball, he's awesome. The fro man, love best hugs, some of the best hugs you ever get. I haven't hear, heard this new uh, this new project you just mentioned. Uh, Elephant Wrecking Ball? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. so good. Three-piece, uh, trombone, bass, Dan Africano on bass. We did a couple of shows with him, three or okay. four, up in New York. Uh, Larry Elephant, I mean, uh, Uncle Larry as well. Uh-huh. And he plays in like Nicky Egan band, and he plays um, a bit with John Brown's Body, which brings us to the leader of the band, Scotty Flynn on trombone. Uh, he plays John Brown's Body, Pretty Lights Live, Bad of the Motherfucker. So Scotty was in town, so he... Set it on trombone. We had Kyle Selmer, who was a word about jazz band, and also I believe played with Hound on the show and uh, with Ren back in the day. So we had Kyle Selmer yeah. and Ted Harris, legendary local 
you know, Ted Harris or about jazz band. You'll see him at many shows, open stages with the saxophone and varying. Oh, I know him. Yeah, he's so good, man. So we had Teddy, we had Kyle, we had Scotty on, on trombone, horn section, and Eli on harmonica. So it was so cool to have all these guest players, you know? It was it was fun. It was it was quite a thing. Absolutely. Halloween's always like a celebration. Huge. Yeah, and I always had so much technical technical difficulties with Halloween shows. And this one was like pretty flawless, except for like some vocal fluffs uh, on my part, but you know. That was good. I was what there. Do you I, what do you I was do? there. Me and my lady. Me and my uh, lady were there. We were dressed as uh, Vincent Vega and Mia Wallace. Oh, yeah, nice. We were getting never down seen in front of everyone, Fuck you yeah. know, doing our little dance competition. Oh, we yeah, came for you guys' set. It was awesome. <laughs> it was really awesome. So that brings us to what I want to say. I got to share this with everyone else who hasn't heard it. I got a couple of the songs because you got a few of them on your SoundCloud that we can hear that, yeah. that live Poorly set. Mixed. Uh, and we got some live on the Halloween 2015 here in Athens. Uncle Larry, were you calling yourself Uncle Larry? I got to make it known every time I play music. Was I, I, this Uncle Larry? I think at this point it was just called Larry, all caps. Just Larry. Mind some of them vocal flubs, you know. All right. So we got Once I Was live at Halloween, and we got The Long Way Home live at Halloween. This is Larry, all caps. You're listening to View <laughs> from the Hill www.viewfromthehill.com I hope you're having fun Once I was, long way home Michael Retushin Larry How's the song about doing the same thing over and over and over and over again? I like the sound of that You guys want to bang on stuff? Thing, you want to come dance? <laughs>
know better Young enough not to care Well, I'm smart enough to play dumb When the time's right, I'ma pull your hair Some things only get better with age Some are better when they're young in the game Whichever one that you are Your daddy loved you just the same Once I was a younger man Once I was an older child Once I was a younger man Once I was an older child Once I was a younger man Once I was an older child flavors to try a man like me is playing for varieties I guess all flavors is my favorite kind
I took a plane down south to a place I've never been. I met a pretty girl down in New Orleans. New Orleans. With a big green eyes. Like fresh printed money. May I bring you back home to Brooklyn with me? Pretty please. Said I'd be there, then I was late. Don't suppose this one food left around on my plate. Won't be the last time. That's alright, I don't mind sleeping on the couch. I take the long way home from nowhere, the long way. Just to get back to nowhere I'll take the long way home From nowhere the long way Just to get back to nowhere
just a party, y'all. For Teddy, Kyle, Eli, Scotty, we got one more too. Recently, we're here with Michael Retushin. That was "Once I Was" and "The Long Way Home" live from the Athens Block Party at Halloween in 2015. That was an awesome time. I got to imagine looking at that crowd, man. That was awesome, right? So fucking fun, man. Yeah. So fun. Like I said, that's the dance. We're in spandex and cornrows and uh, <laughs> something else. In a lady that, sweater. That's the big dance, man. That's it what it's all dance. about. The Halloween one. <laughs> yeah. So you come here with a special tree, man. You came here to, to play a little live for us too, right? I have my guitar. All right. So and what is my voice? We're going to see what happens <laughs> from it then. We never know. We're doing this live. We're going to set up some mics. We're going to listen to Michael Retusian, Larry, Uncle Larry, Larry Alafonte. We're going to hear him... Uh, some play some shit you got some new stuff maybe some stuff we've heard i don't know who knows he's got some stuff it's not new that's all i know <laughs> all right man take it away let's uh let's hear what you got i'm loving this man loving it excited to hear it this is mike ortushin live on view from the hill www.viewfromthehill.com another song about a dog you know this one's a little bittersweet and as most things in life should be bittersweet, in my opinion. But uh, I wrote this song a little ways back um, when I was under the impression that things were different, which is generally most of the time, as a confused individual, you only kind of know what's going on half the time. But here's a little song I wrote about uh, my ex driving off with a dog and just that bittersweet exchange and trying to figure out, you know, where you are in the world. But uh, a little red car, also about my dog from Red Dog, but... Uh, all right, here we go. Should we probably pull this one back a little bit because I might be singing too, uh, too close to it? There they go again. Breaking daddy's heart The girl I used to love Took my dog 
in that little red car. She stayed longer than five minutes this time. But barely looked me in the eyes. Well, I couldn't stand to look that long. Baby, I did you wrong. Okay, I did you wrong last time. So there they go again. Breaking daddy's heart The girl who used to love me Took my dog Drove off in that little red car It's hard to find your way back home When you're not quite sure the way You can drive nearly 3,000 miles It can be just a road away One short road from where you are So there they go again Breaking daddy's heart The girl I used to love Took my dog Drove off in that little red car Hard to find your way back home. Not quite sure the way. You can drive another three thousand miles. It can be just a road away. Push your road from where you are So there they go again Breaking daddy's heart Girl I used to love Took my dog Drove off in that little red car How long till I see her face?
please don't say a long, long while. Can hardly stand to run this race anymore at any pace. Well, I learned my lessons in vain. Son, it's not a game when you're the only one playing. So there they go again. Breaking daddy's heart. The girl I used to love took my dog. Drove off in that little red car The girl that I love Took my dog and Drove off in that little red car That was what we like to hear. That was awesome. That's Michael Retushin playing for us. You got another one for us by any chance? We'd love to hear another one. You got another one? I got one more song. We'd love to hear one. Do one more? Yeah, yeah take take one more. Take it on away. a higher note, on a happier note, you know? I got that hunger, mama. I'm dying to go and kill her. Bringing up a plate for breakfast. Don't put on that skirt. I'm calling up my boss. I ain't coming in to work. Butter up your friend. Put a little pork on the floor. Crack another bottle. Throw away the coal. What's so real about you ain't the color of your hair. What's so cool about you silly ain't them shoes you wear. Little girl, you best beware. Ain't torn with a boy, I'm a man.
drinking liquor from my shelf, smoking cigarettes that she wrote for herself. She may be skinny, but lordy lordy can she cook, and I fold her like the pages in my favorite book. Butter up your bread, put a little pork on the floor. Crack another bottle, throw away the corn. What's so real about you ain't the color of your hair. What's so cool about you till ain't them clothes you wear. Little girl, you best beware. Ain't toying with a boy, I'm a man. What's so real about you ain't the color of your hair. What's so cool about you still ain't them clothes you wear. Little girl, you best beware. Ain't toying with a boy, I'm a man. Michael Rattushin, thank you for that. Thank you for that. You just turned this place into a house party just now. I was <laughs> dancing my ass off. We got some lovers out there. Thank you for Allie Drapes. You're out there listening. Allie Drapes. Loving the shit. She said, damn, Touche. <laughs> oh, I love Allie Drapes. She's D. Sweet. Jones, loving that you up there repping Youngstown. We got oh, yeah. some other Youngstown, Youngstown Pride, lovers baby. up here. Young from my Young Stallions out there as well. And Pizza Dale wants to know. What's Touche doing tonight? There's the fucking Nelsonville Music Festival bowling party at Roller Bowl, in case you haven't figured that out yet. You've been living under a rock. I'm sorry, but there's a party happening at the Roller Bowl tonight. Nelsonville Music Fest Roller Bowl party tonight. That's where people are going to be out. We got Sunday Fun Day coming tomorrow. That's that parent child. We got the art collaboration going on tomorrow. We got a yep. bunch of great music. Michael might be playing a little bit himself. He is playing. We got some uh, Bright at Night who's going to be playing as well. Yeah, we got style. Vinyl Tuesdays. So bring your vinyl up to the tap room. Michael's going to play them for you so we can hear all those good vinyl sounds. Mike, man, it's good to know you now. Yeah, I feel like that. I know you. Pleasure meeting you. Definitely. Pleasure <laughs> meeting you too. Thanks for everybody coming. This has been View From The Hill, www.viewfromthehill.com. Peace out, Athens. She lives all alone, dark and windy street, room at the top of the stage. Smoke cigarettes, stares at a wall, not knowing my heart it lives there. In the cool of the night, 
takes me inside and helps soothe my troubles and my pain. Warm and she's sweet, kisses leave me weak. Loving when she touches my face. Talks about her past, sorrows and regrets, cries about the gray in her head. I love her so much, she just won't agree that any man alive could ever tell. I wish that I was there when she was a girl before love had treated her unfair. She might not be so sad, might not live alone in a room at the top of the stairs. In a room at the top of the stairs. Room at the top of the stairs. Woo! <laughs>